Are you wondering how you can contribute to Funniest Thing? Don't flip out. Go to patreon.com forward slash funniest thing. Whoa! This one is called The Pants. Take eight. Welcome to Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed, the best looking guys on the radio. We all know the funniest things happen when we stop taking ourselves too seriously and step out boldly, like Mr. Magoo blindly stepping onto the next swinging girder and falling into an outrageous jackpot. Your hosts, Daryl and Ed, are about to administer a refreshing dose of laughter and love that will inspire you to step out boldly and experience the funniest things. Now, here are your hosts, Daryl and Ed. Welcome to The Funniest Thing. Yes. Where each week we share stories about how stepping out boldly always leads to better than expected outcomes. With cowboy hats and sunglasses. I'm Daryl. I'm Ed. And we're broadcasting live from Chobo Studios in... Beautiful downtown Van Nuys. Oh, oh my, my God. Gosh. He's got Chobo, Chobo money. Bucks. Chobo bucks. <laughs> <laughs> write us. A, hey, if you write us, a, a, if you send us a postcard to Funniest Thing, P.O. Box 1312, Culver City, California, 90232, Indy will send you a Chobo buck. Yes. He didn't know he was going to do that, but he's committing to it he's now. He's got so. buckets of Chobo bucks back there. So, um, Indy, how are you today, sir? Doing well, doing well, great. It's a great day to podcast. Tell I'm me about the this show. whiteboard, by the way. Funniest oh, what's thing. That? Oh, a generative life. It's the last chapter of well, 12 power. Powers. Nice. 12 Powers. Generative life, indeed. I love it. All right. Well, and the book he's referring to is The 12 Powers by Charles Fillmore. That's right. Well, we're very excited. Today's show is called Enjoy a Fear-Free Diet with... Reverend Anna Schaus. It's much better than a, it's much more advantageous to be on a fear free diet than a fat free diet. Right? It's a lot more delicious. Also, it takes just as much um, conscious choice. Yeah. To reach for that inspired thought when you get going for that fearful thought that you might be used to thinking. So enjoy a fear free diet with Reverend Anna Schaus. Let's give up our obsessive fears and feast on faith. Some of us have been running scared for so long. That has become a habit. I know that feeling. What great news to discover. It's only a habit and not a reality. So let's give up snacking on worry and start filling up on faith. This means we will no longer give in to the luxury of pre-worrying. Instead, we commit to believing that blessings are everywhere and good can come out of all things. So true. On this episode, Daryl and Ed remind listeners that each time we say no... We weaken the old habit and strengthen the new one. And during the second segment, the angelic Anna Schaus treats us to the good stuff with today's reading, mental trends, and a whole lot more. Um, We're getting into a new mental trend here, folks. We're getting out of that old trend of pre-worrying. Yes. Pre-worrying. No more pre-worrying. That's right. You know, I actually... Um, Wanted to get in the spirit of Anna, and so on my way here, I popped on a YouTube talk from 12 years ago at the Unity of Dallas called Love Among Us. I might be the only one here who remembers it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But it says, 
some of the things that stuck out to me that were it was so it was divinely guided because I just looked up Anna's name and chose the first talk that came up. But one of the things that Anna said at that time is that fear is an emotion and love is a power. Wow. Isn't that, isn't that great? Fear is an emotion. Love is a power. Another thing that Anna pointed out in this talk, unity's philosophy is not a truth. You know, is not a positive thinking um, philosophy. It's not a positive thinking philosophy. Right. I wrote this at a light next to a Burger King, so excuse me, I, I missed part of it. But it's not a positive thinking philosophy, and she wanted the whole crowd to be shocked because she likes to shock people, she said. And so, of course, they all said, ooh. She said, it is a truth-thinking philosophy. Yeah. Well, you know why I like that? Because yeah. that drives it home the same way our friend Terry McBride did when yes. he spoke at Unity. Yes. And I think he was getting frustrated with some of the Unitics or some of the people right. that weren't like that weren't really claiming this. Yes. Like um Anna points out, because when, when he's addressed them, he said, uh, we don't live by these principles right. so we can endure life. We live by these principles to transform our life. Yep. To transform life, even, he said. Not even just our life. All life changes. Yes, exactly. Which leads me to the next part where Anna was talking about how it's not about ignoring the facts. It's what doing what Jesus did, which is perceiving the facts from the highest point of view, that is truth thinking. It is about transforming our consciousness about what's going on. And, that, and one of the things she said in, the, in this talk was about um, asking ourselves to change our consciousness, loving ourselves through whatever that situation is, yes. and how, asking how is God present in this situation. Well, remember, I wasn't I just turned to this folks before yes. we talked, mm -hmm. before we came on the show. I mm -hmm. mean, before we're talking now. And mm -hmm. I didn't I only brought this to TZ with this book. It's I never saw this book before. It's a Butterworth book called The Creative Life Seven and, Keys to Your Inner Genius. Yeah, and you can get it online anywhere. I do like the sound of it and I do love Eric Butterworth. Well, um, I love this because it goes along with the high perspective, the broader perspective. And don't be cheap. I think I saw one out there for like less than $2 on Amazon if you're interested. Well, and also, didn't we see some? We read something else that talked about the broader perspective. Maybe it was McClellan. But listen oh, yes, to this. Yes. This, this is a nice way of putting it that I never heard before. And it's. There is a round world within the flat one we experience. Mm -hmm. Take that in. There is a round world within the, splat, the flat one we experience, a whole body within the partial experience of illness, a success reality within the experience of failure. And he points out that Columbus acted on the, the truth that there was a round Earth, a round yes. world, when it was unanimous that it was right. a flat one. So it has the same power. All this stuff is yes. uh, totally. one, whatever it takes to re to get your mind to snap out of the self hypnosis yes. of whatever the fearful thought is. And I love that in the writing. What great news to discover! 
that this fearful way of thinking is only a habit. Yep. That's right. In the, and you, you talked about this Foster McClellan book. And, the, and I always know it's good readings when they find me. I was, because I have a, uh, my house is being, the kitchen's been being remodeled. Everything is even more stacked on one table than normal. And I swear, I felt this book call my name. It's Thoughts for a Friend by Foster McClellan. And I opened to a random page. And the thing that changes it from a 2D world, because when you're saying that, I think the same voices that were sure the world was flat and they were like, yes, this is the way I'm told. Of course it's flat. That's the same voices that are, and it's in my head as well as outside that thinking that there's no, that inspiration and that um, joyful uh, positive outcomes are, they're not possible right now. No, the data is telling me this. You're oh. like, with the same assurance of the same people that were saying that the world was flat, they're well, speaking these other... Wait, know. but they exist all around us because anytime yes. anyone starts to share about a new enterprise they're going to embark on, yeah. most everybody responds with... Not everybody. There are a few friends that go, yeah, but most average people go, yeah, right. Good luck with that, pal. Mm -hmm. Which so they're basically saying there's no such thing. Right. Like it's saying the odds are always stacked against the good we desire. Yes. yes. And pre-worrying is a killer. I easily fall into that, and I gotta always go. Nope, no pre-worrying. Yes. And let me, let me read this and then go on because yeah, the thing that plugs gets us out of that two-dimensional flat. Like, oh, yeah, good luck, buddy, where people believe there's a, like a limited supply. You need to have this and this. Otherwise, it can't happen. Or if you say, you, were, you know, I'm going to get over this thing when you're talking about an illness or an ailment. Yeah, or all a prognosis. Of that. Right, because it's all based on a philosophy of limited supply that's based on a two-dimensional or maximum three-dimensional reality where there's a certain set amount, right? But the reason I want to insert this and then you go on is that the thing that makes the universe pop into this living reality is to recognize that it is a spiritual universe. Yeah. So Foster said there exists around us a spiritual universe as well as a material universe. And there is a direct relationship between the two. From the spiritual universe comes the energy that maintains the material universe. Without that piece, right, it looks like a flat thing that without realizing that it is from the spiritual universe that comes the energy that actually maintains the material universe. We can draw on this spiritual power or energy through the intensity of our prayers. The vigor of our drawing force through prayer is perpetually changing for it is dependent on our state of mind. It's a personal matter. My friend, if you'd like to see a great change come about in any particular area of your life, look first to your prayer habits because prayer is the answer. Well, just look at how... Facts are not necessarily true because every contractor yes. uses a level. Every level proves that this table is 100% flat. The levels prove it. You right. can put levels when you're building anything and it proves the level proves it is flat. But the ground, the earth is not flat. Right. So that's the same thing with these other ideas that seem a little bit more harder to believe. You got to remember, well, a level makes pr a level is the best argument. So is surveyors. They're the best argument against a round world with their instruments. But it is 
Right. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yes. Right. I mean, this from our one, limited perspective right here, you're a hundred percent sure it is flat. Well, right? even every tool yeah, that we have our at our tools, disposal yes. prove it unequivocally right. that it is flat. Right. People are building monumental towers in Los Angeles based on the fact that we're under the reality that right. this is flat. Right. Every floor on a skyscraper is perfectly flat all the way to the top. Right, right. But we're not living on a flat surface. Right. So that's the thing we could use to remind ourselves that, yes, the prognosis is saying this, but I'm going to go a little higher. Yes. That's what I was Yes. Like, like, like Anna said about Jesus and Eric Butterworth talks about this. Well, you have to get a higher perspective on this planet to see that it is a perfect little marble well, yeah. in the sky. Well, Eric Butterworth on one of his talks says, who sits in the heaven laughs yes. at all those, like all, like, and people would take this uh, verse as uh, he's laughing at what fools we are, but no, he's laughing at the fact that we don't realize None of the things that we're thinking negatively yeah. about. Not that we're foolish, malicious, sinful people. No, it's that we're thinking so small yeah. when if you get up here with me, you'll yeah. see, wait a minute. Yes. What was I thinking? Yes. I read something else today. I can't remember where, where it was talking about get the bigger. It was the same thing. Get yes. the bigger, bigger picture. And it was this, a lady went into a gym, Lori goes to a gym too that has this, but the story was about a specific woman. She goes to a gym and in the gym, they have a room with the exercise bikes and they have a large movie screen. Right. Lori has that at her gym and, they, and you put on your things and you're like watching a great movie and the lady realized, holy cow, I worked out for an hour and a half. And I didn't, that was the most I ever worked out. And the, the moral of the story was, you know, when we're looking at the big picture instead of the little thing, because whenever we, in the, the, the analogy it was making was, you know, when we just go to work out, we're like, okay, I got 20 minutes. We already start mentally working against ourselves. Mm. We're not thinking of the bigger picture of right, life. Right. Of, oh, wow, I got a great life. Oh, I'm so happy yeah. I, I'm on this bike. And, and you start thinking about the big, wonderful picture of life. Right. And he said, you know, when we do this, when we're doing little tasks, we got to remember this. You know, if it's caulking the tub, That's right. start imagining, wait, this is just part of a big picture. Yeah. You know, I'm wow, I'm doing this chore. I'm feeling good about it. And get out of fighting against ourselves. So it was all about all the same stuff. You know what's weird? We had no idea we were going to be talking about this stuff, folks. And this just shows you yes. how these shows come together. Right. And why Daryl and Ed enjoy doing them because we benefit from the ideas that come to us during these episodes. Yeah. This morning... Yesterday or so, I think it was, H. Emily Cady's book, um, Miscellaneous Writings, pop, popped into my hand last week, actually, the, the beginning of the week. And I just opened it and started reading some things. This morning I read something, and then I went to go, by the way, to thank, uh, to pick up some new cold brew, a jug of cold brew from Rod Schweitzer, 
guest actor, truth student. And wait, and a cold brew distributor. Yeah, and so we're drinking. Thank you, uh, Rod. So I went to get my bootleg jug from Rod, and um, I was going to give him this this literature from Michael Schoonover. Thanks, buddy, out there at Unity Way and um, Vista. Uh, he is an amazing truth teacher, truth student, minister, everything. Um, I was going to give Rod this, but it didn't feel like. Yeah. First, it was like, oh, I'll give him something, and then I was like, this. Does, I don't think he's going to want this. And I looked down, and it was these two readings go perfectly together. And it goes perfectly with the show. Like, how do we get out of the fear? And a lot of it has to do with recognizing that God is the one doing the work. God is the thing, the, God, the power. And the power is love, as Anna pointed out in her talk. But it says, so I just looked at this. It's from Clara Palmer. I don't know who Clara Palmer is. Um, maybe someday, maybe we'll learn more. But it says, how God's healing works. When we desire to heal ourselves or others, we remember, first of all, that it is God who does the healing. Our part is to keep our faith strong, our heart free from anxiety, and let God's healing love flow through us ceaselessly. We close our mind's eye to the disease or condition that is to be removed, and we instead see the pure, redeeming life of God doing its perfect work. We think about God and our oneness with Him until we feel the quickening, healing power of the Holy Spirit flowing through our own being and from us to heal, to bless, and to restore all who are receptive to this mighty renewing life. We keep our faith centered in God and his life, and he does the healing. God works through us to make his wholeness manifest. And, like, and so in H. Emily Cady, she wrote some more things, but the thing that happens is if we forget, and she talks about how we can get tired out if we're trying to support others with prayer and stuff. In the beginning, we might feel a whole bunch of zeal. We see them as perfect and whole. But if we're not careful, we can start wondering why they're not healing faster or thinking that we have to, we think we're the ones who need to start doing something. Yeah, I have to start using more mental effort. Yeah, and then we can resent them. We could internalize their, whatever. We can get off the beam of joy and lightness that this is about. And she says, in the matter of God as our supply or any other side of the divine law, which we from time to time attempt to bring into manifestation, the moment we begin to be anxious, then our quiet becomes Simply airtight, the, the airtight valve of tension or suppressed anxiety, which shuts out the very thing we're trying to bring about and so prevents its manifestation. He says, we need to rise above this state of tension to one of living trust. And I've been the king in the past of pretending I'm in a spiritual state of mind and really I'm tense inside. I don't feel, no, 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 I'm okay. You know, I'm doing it. And it's a, you know, I can see the family tradition there and every another thing. Yeah, like. Holding it in, Daryl calls it, uh, you know, Daryl taught me the term packing the musket to pretend to be spiritual. But the other... The <laughs> well, other, because they go, yeah, it's like, I'm like, wow, this guy's about to explode. Right, instead of, <laughs> instead of breathing out love and embracing or whatever, saying hello and saying it's great to see you, it's more of like, oh, I'm going to hold in my whole self because I don't want that, all that stuff to get out and I'm going to like pretend, you know, so... I just want to give this quick example. I was at work and I had a couple days. One day they gave me a sub to do paperwork and um, all this, some other stuff came up and the paperwork didn't get, wasn't getting done. And, um, and part of my brain's gone, oh, you know what? This is supposed to be this. I'm supposed to do that. And that was the day I talked to you. And I went back to school. I went to the school and had to t I tested a student, went very well. 
But still, there was this stuff in the background that I thought was supposed to be getting done. But the thing was, my mind had already said that stuff was hard and it was too late and it should have been punishing me for stuff that wasn't, there was no, like, it wasn't late or, you know what I mean? But it was already telling me that story. But, and so none of it was happening. So it wasn't until the end of the day, they had an assembly. And I had a student who woke up that day. He's kind of like Daryl and Ed. He woke up that day. He had one line to deliver. Every fifth grade student was, de- was delivering a line from a speech. Wait, this is someone, Will Rubio did that recently. Yeah, well, his name is Will also, this kid. Because remember, he had to deliver just one line on stage? Oh, yes! That's correct. That's correct. So I went out there because this other teacher, I had already actually helped this kid uh, get out of his anxiety and get on with the day. I intuitively was like, he's fine now. Because it really is a soul sleep. When we're dreaming in lack, it doesn't matter what yes. we do from that place. We can't know that we're well. Any action we take from the soul sleep is not going to get us anywhere but stuck further. We need to wake up from that soul sleep, as Florence Scovel Shin refers to it, and from the 2D flat world and start to see God present in things. So I just went out to the playground where this assembly was happening. I just knew the mom was there. Is, 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 is my son going to deliver the line? I was like, he's fine. I was pretend his, his line was, I, we lay down our arms. And so I kept, he, I, he's got a funny sense of humor, really smart kid. So I kept, I, I went up to him and I whispered, I'm trying to fag, find a bag of human arms for you to lay down as a prop. He said, get out of here. <laughs> so I knew he was going to be fine. Yes. But the thing was, in that time, I saw five people related to the other stuff that needed to get done that my brain was telling me wasn't going to get done. And that I was like trying hard to find a way to get it. By me forgetting it and just supporting that kid and, and, being affirmative and saying hello to all these parents and loving everyone. I managed to do five things that got more done for the things that I thought weren't getting done. I mean, we talk about this all the time and then we talk about how it's, it feels amazing every time because God started flowing through. And I was, I like, I had me like what most people would do with emails and calls or meetings. I did all of it and more while I was just cheering on my students to read these lines. for, And it just reminded me, wake up first. Wake up first. Do, do the, like, what, what, you, gave me the, you gave us a great quote on the talk the other day about eating the ripe, the ripe fruit. Oh, eating, yes. This artist who was trying to help other, you know, students uh, trust their intuition. When they're drawing or anything, or it could be used for anything. Then the, 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 the thing she was driving home was eat the ripe apples first, meaning go with the idea that feels good. Don't go, ooh, this is a good idea, but you know what? I'll wait till later because it's not, or this is too simple, right. or uh, I need to do this first, or this might not work. No, if you eat, the ripe apple first, mm. or and the same thing is with a to-do list. If I'm thinking I got to do these things, I'm no good. I mean, we share this so many times on the show. Right. I then should have we'll, already done it. Yeah, what happens is it's almost like time shrinks as the anxiety mm-hmm, grows. Mm-hmm. And then I start uh, confronting my fears yes. in reality. People do start responding like, tapping their watch or I didn't do my work. And then I get more resentful. 
And it just gets, it's like bear hugs kettle. It gets tighter and tighter. Yeah. But everyone who's a success, a joyful success, and has had continued success will tell you, do the joyful thing on your list first. Yeah. Because then the energy that releases, because you're really connecting, it's a direct spirit communication. When we're going with the joyful thing, it's a direct spirit communication. And there's yeah. power in that, that 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 heals, that that brings peace. And that does it because it's love. We're having a direct spirit connection with the love that's saying, ooh, go this way. It's like a joyful a voice of God saying, ooh, let's go this way. Let's go this way. No, no, no. Nope, that's too easy. No, no, no. They might not like that. No, no, no. I don't know about that. Right. Like, we're the ones yeah. pushing it away. I think this leads into those breaths you have, but okay. I just want to read this real quick. Mm -hmm. We read this before the show. Two little, th two great little readings. One is from... You better get some glasses for that one. I actually have glasses, folks. That's small. This is. All right, you ready? Yeah. One of the most important things I've learned is that opinions aren't facts. Just because I feel that a thing is so doesn't necessarily make it so. And that's what we were talking about. The world is, there's a round world in All our right. flat experience. Yeah. Men are not worried by things, wrote the Greek philosopher Epictetus. Mm. But Epictetus. by their ideas about things. Yes. So men aren't, are not worried by things, but by their ideas of things. And we got a little something here from Florence Scovel Shin. This is a book you can get online. It's called The Magic Path of Intuition. It was kind of cobbled together not too long ago from some old writings of hers. And just listen to this. No one keeps you out of your good but yourself. What you fear, you attract, and nothing can save you but neutralizing your fears. Act fearlessly and walk up to the lions on your way, and the lions disappear. And I love this. In the story of Cinderella, her stepmother and stepsisters were the thought forms she had built up in her consciousness. Nearly everyone has a cruel stepmother in their subconscious, keeping them out of their good, usually called an inferiority complex. The fairy godmother, this is that delightful ripe apple idea. Yes. Or, you know, the thing that's saying, go this way. And this is the one God laughs when he sees us going, you know, up in the heavens, yeah. like that quote when he says, no, 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 I got to do this first. Right. And then he just goes, oh, boy. This is going to be fun. <laughs> well, so the fairy godmother appears to tell her that she can go to the ball and have the things she desires. The fairy godmother is the superconscious mind, the god within, with whom all things are possible. Cinderella loses her glass slipper and gets her desire, her prince. Your fears make a galley slave of you. So call on the power within to set you free. Yes. Dude, before we do our breaths, let me just quickly say, Daryl, you have an art class coming up. What, why don't you tell them quickly what that is? Oh, yes. The intuitive method. 
Um, April, four consecutive Wednesdays via Zoom at 4 p.m. So that's the, th I think it's the third is the first, we first Wednesday of April. Okay. To the 24th. I should put a link on our website, DarylNed.com. But you can go to thiswillmakeyouhappy.com. That's yeah. thiswillmakeyouhappy.com. And you can find all the information there. But it's actually a way of working creatively using visual art making yeah. in order to help you, all of us, reconnect or connect with that intuition and act on it in the moment. And it it's something that you can start to call on your intuition on demand yeah. when you start getting familiar with how it feels as opposed to, you know, an idea that comes from the ego or fear right. or excitement. And it really is, like I said, a very fun, it's going to be fun and it's going to be very enlightening because you're, you're making that direct spirit connect communication. Yes. All right, then there's something going on March 10th at Unity of Santa Barbara. Oh, yes. You got to go to, if you're in town, come visit us at Unity of Santa Barbara this coming Sunday, the 10th. March 10th. Because, yes, March. 2024. March 10th, 2024. Anna Schaus is going to be on in a minute. And she saw Kathy, Kathy Norman, who's the minister there, uh -huh. went with her husband all the way to Unity Village to get some of the great uh, things that they no longer yes. um, have on view at Unity. Of, Historical artifacts and such, giant yeah, globes. This gi the Unity giant rings. globe that was part of the silent Unity. We can ask uh, Anna what it looked yeah. like when we, when we talked to her. Yeah, and we got a picture we'll show you if, if you're watching on YouTube. So that globe is coming with... Kathy, Amazing. they're driving a U-Haul back. They did this all on their own, so they're making their way back to California now. So we hope you join us. Rod's going to be there. Mm -hmm. We're trying to get Indy to go, mm -hmm. and we're really twisting Ed's arm to go, folks. This is going to be a fun time. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, thank you, Patreon folks. If you haven't jumped on board and you want to get some money circulating and see it come on back to you, patreon.com forward slash funniest thing with Daryl and Ed. We do do a Tuesday prosperity Zoom every week, which has been amazing. Um, we got a beautiful a postcard. At, uh, if you want to send us something, P.O. Box 1312, Culver City, California, 90232. Lois Conklin, thank you for the beautiful postcard. If you're, if you're listening, uh, if you want to see the postcard, you can go on YouTube, Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed, and see the postcard. It's a really lovely Watercolor, right? Is that yeah, she makes these. These are original watercolors she sends us. Color your world in many different hues and it will brighten your day. Sending love and blessings to you and to all your listeners. We are so inspired every week. Thank you, Lois Conklin. This card is by Lois. Yes, it is. Yes, and then your neighbor, Jillian, sent us a beautiful card. It has a picture of a red poppy. There must be a symbol for resurrection, um, which we resurrect our spirits all day, every day. Instead of saying no to fear and worrying, say, snap out of it and wake up. That's perfect for today's show. Yeah, you said it last week, I believe. Uh -oh. Life's joy-filled, creative, and inspired. You are lucky. Theme song, Only You, by The Platters. She said, sung to myself and God, so maybe we'll hear a little of that later. Amazing podcast and video. Thank you. Well, thank you, Jillian. So the we'll wrap this up. 
with a simple three breaths. And oh, then we'll we got to thank Jeff Comfort. If you're listening oh, yeah. online, if you're not on, watching uh, us. On the podcast apps. Yeah, if you're listening, uh, we got to thank our audio engineer. And if you've been listening from the beginning, you probably feel like he is one of your uncles by now. His name is Jeff Comfort. And each week. He takes us right into the comfort zone. He built Unity Online Radio for crying out loud, the studio over there. And then Jim Blake knocked it down. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's take a deep breath to clear my mind. God gets it done while I'm having fun. God gets it done while I'm having fun. God gets it done. Well, I'm having fun. Ah. I actually have been using that because my brain is still learning to accept that fact, and it needs to be. I mean, I'm I'm learning why the power of the old metaphysicians the new thought teachers had to have a little oomph you know sometimes you gotta have to give a little oomph like no 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 god is getting it done while i have fun and i need to step out boldly and have my fun and watch as um, the wonder of wonders miracle follows miracle wonders never cease coming up next the angelic anna Schaus treats us to the good stuff with today's reading mental trends and a whole bunch of other stuff. Thank you for listening to Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed from Chobo Studio. We now return to The Funniest Thing. Here are your hosts, Daryl and Ed, the best-looking guys on the radio. All right, welcome back to Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed. Today's show is called Enjoy a Fear-Free Diet, and we are very pleased to have retired Reverend Anna Schaus. I say that because she looks so happy. How are you, Anna? I'm good. Yes. Yeah, thanks for joining us. And you're right there near uh, Unity Village, you were telling us, huh? Yep, right across the street. Yes, yes. And how, how long have you been living over there near Unity Village? I just moved here in August. I retired from pulpit ministry from Unity of Austin in June of 22. So I stayed in Austin for about a year and really asked for guidance. And it was crystal clear to move oh. here. Yep. Such a and magical see, place. That's awesome. Yeah, it's a good place. It's a, it's good. Yeah, yep. I got I really did. I got a, I got an intuition from Myrtle Fillmore. I did back a couple of years ago. So I really didn't know I was going to end up moving here. I didn't even know at that point I was going to be ready to retire, but I did. I feel like Myrtle Myrtle was always the recruiter. She was the one that got people to work at Unity. Right. I'm not working at Unity, but <laughs> Right. Can you tell us about how that 
that moment happen for you? What was that like when you got that intuition? I will. Um, the, actually, like I said, it was probably over two years ago when I was up at Unity Village for some, I don't know what for, so some kind of, maybe just for myself, I think it was near the end of COVID and it was uh, okay to travel again. So I came up just for some days of recreation. And um, one day uh, I was taking a nap out there on the bench in the Lowell Fillmore Garden. And I, uh, and I started waking up and I heard a voice, the voice, which I hear every once in a great while when it's really needing to get my attention. <laughs> and it said, will you come and work for us? And I said, yes. My heart just opened. And um, I knew that, that that meant at a deeper level. I knew, you know, I knew that that didn't necessarily mean literally a, you know, materialized kind of job but so I put it on my vision board um along with my one of my beautiful pictures I have of Jesus Christ and other uh, things that he said some different things and affirmations and I just kept looking at it for a couple of years when I would do my um do my prayer work in the mornings and just knowing that it would unfold and as it needed to and knowing that I didn't know what it meant that's a lot of the spiritual life for me is knowing that I don't know. I don't know what it means. Yeah. And if I hold on and trust and just let it be, then then it unfolds. So then later, um, and I didn't at that time think necessarily it was mortal. I knew that that was spirit talking to me. Um, but then once I got here uh, in August, I came in August, I, I had a laugh because a, a friend of mine in Texas before I left another unity minister was telling me his story of how uh, years ago that he felt like Myrtle had called him to come to ministerial school here. And I laughed and I said, you know, I think that's who it was. God through Myrtle was the one that told me, get myself up here. So I did. And and uh, here I am just yeah. doing a lot of little things and and uh, doing the deep work, doing the spiritual work, being part of all the change that's occurring in, in you know, in the, at the level of spirit. Well, just being, you know, Ed and I had been there a couple of times, three times now, right? At least. And it re there is a, a, a really good feeling when you're there, because I think that whole place has been so prayed up over the last hundred years, yes. over a hundred years. Well, yeah, a hundred years. Over a hundred, yeah. Yeah. Over a hundred years. So yeah. you're just like, ah, and it's so beautiful, the whole campus the grounds, the buildings, there's so much there. And if you just sit in any one of those chapels, you'd sit anywhere on a bench. I was at the little, I spent some time in that little area where it has the sayings of Myrtle Fillmore, Myr Myrtle Fillmore, some of her quotes on the rocks. Is it the little garden? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Myrtle's Grove. Myrtle's Grove. Yeah, yes. Myrtle's Grove. And then we were over at Lowell's garden area yeah, that's where and, Anna was when she got the insight yeah and you're just like ah oh, this place it's so easy to drop into meditation anywhere oh there my God, yeah i got a huge insight in my life uh in the archives one day where i felt uh -huh. like it was charles whispered in my ear yeah. something that like so simple but profoundly rippled through my whole consciousness yeah say what it is because that's a good saying 
Let's just see if I, you can help me get it right. But I remember it was it was something to the effect. I was sitting there and I heard a voice just say, "You know what your problem has been, Ed? You've always had a voice in your head telling you you're doing things wrong." And something about seeing that as like this through line through what I had perceive it, been perceiving as challenges that it wasn't actually what I was doing or what was happening. It was just having a voice telling me and that I'm doing like. It just lifted so much weight off of my shoulders. Um, yeah, it's awesome. Yay. Yeah. Good. Yeah, I I think um, it's, I don't know how to put it, but here and in any place, anyway, just in one's own life, on spiritual life is at some point, you, I don't know, I think when, when we're trying to grow, we think we're doing, we're, we're doing the spiritual growth or we're doing that. But at some point, it's taking over and it's living you yeah. because you, because you've let go so much. And, and I love that. And I think that's one of the things that's here for people at unity village. And I don't mean that by that, that it's this magic place. Some people call places like this, a thin place that the, the materiality is thinner and it's easier to have that experience, but because you've been doing your own work, that, yeah. that spirit is moving you. Yeah. So I think that is true here. Yeah. How did you end up um, becoming interested in unity? Was this something your family was always into? I mean, I'm not going to just say unity, metaphysical teachings and then applying them in your life. Was this something you grew up with or something you discovered later on in life? Um, well, <laughs> no, I was raised a Southern Baptist um, in a little town in Georgia. And um, it was wonderful because Jesus was all over the place. And and uh, I don't know if you can see it, but that tile that I have back there on my uh, shelf. Ah, uh, yes. When I grew up in that church, there was a painting, or it was like on a, it wasn't a real painting. I don't know what it was, but it was some, like a bit, it was huge, but like a hanging, a wall hanging or something that looked, at least it's my memory, looked a lot like that. It's a picture of the Ascension, an image of the Ascension. And um, I used to just go and just look at it when I was a little kid. It was hanging up in the upstairs room. And anyway, so uh, and it was a good Baptist church um, and I value it. It was a lot of stuff I've left behind from that, obviously. But um, there's a lot that I value about it. I learned a lot about the Bible and there are a lot of good people there, just kind people. And um, anyway, to make a long story short, um, I was all. I, I really believe that my soul path is the Jesus Christ soul path and that kind of like y'all are talking about books just sort of fall off the shelves at you or whatever, that it just, that's what I'm here doing. And so whatever I do, that just draws me. So logistically, I guess I got into unity in the early eighties. Um, I was introduced to it. Um, I had some friends that were, interested in it and i went and i thought i don't know this is kind of weird and uh -huh. i didn't like it i didn't go back <laughs> and then um a friend of, uh i i got engaged in a uh a program for families and friends of people that have alcoholism and have been practicing that for over 40 years for which i'm so grateful and at the time i got into that um I don't know. You, there were people that were in unity and it just kind of cross purpose. And so that's when I started getting interested and, and I explored other religious paths. I became a Catholic and 
loved that because I loved the mass. Um, so it's been a varied journey and I'm uh, grateful for that. And uh, I do feel like the through line for me is, is it's the Jesus Christ consciousness. And that's what I love about unity. It, uh, the way that unity understands that is uh, just feeds and enriches my soul so much. That is so good to hear. I um, It's good to hear for many reasons, because Ed and I, we always let people know that we're not against any of these, any religions. We try to see the good in all of them. We we have a group of nuns we hang out with in Culver City. We often, Ed sneaks in there more than I do recently because it's walking distance from where he works. True. We, we text them for prayer all the time. Yeah, and he slips, yeah, and he's, he slips in there because uh, they have a little chapel in their bookstore that's rarely ever used. I think Ed and I use it the most. Matter of fact, one of the nuns would get a kick out of the fact that uh, they would have, uh, some of the people would peek in and then leave. And then I would say, well, yeah, I heard someone peek in and leave. And they said, oh, they thought you were a priest. So they got scared. Remember Sister yeah. Tecla? <laughs> They were one of the. They were among the first to, to refer to our show as a ministry as well. Yes, yeah, they yeah. and we've had them on our show because they see the value. This is what unity brought to the table for me. Not just um, unity, but all, yeah, well, yeah, because Emmett Fox was involved with unity. So yeah, through unity, this is what unity brought to the table for me. Anna was the fact that it took. The Jesus Christ consciousness and and what was taught in the Bible that I couldn't really wrap my head around or I didn't understand if it's literal, how is that going to help me now? But what unity brought to it for me was a clear, simple realization that I could apply Jesus' teachings to my everyday life practically, and I will experience happiness, uh, confidence, peace of mind, and success by applying. Like th They made it so simple. My mind could grasp, oh, my God, this makes perfect sense now. What like Now I read the Bible, and it's like, before it was scary or absurd or what are they talking about? And now it's like, I get it. This makes perfect sense. Holy cow. And I remember when I was first when I was first making those connections through reading Emmett Fox, that's what was suggested one of the first readings uh, while I was in the service, a guy recommended. I was like, oh my God, I had no idea. I had no idea that this is what it's all about. And I remember even my mind going, oh, my goodness. So this is what the priests and ministers have been talking about? How did I miss this? Mm. So that was the great um, the thing that unity brought to my life. And once I got that, and and when you apply your thinking and bring it to in harmony with these ideas, you get results. Right. Even if you think, 
I may not get results, but I'm applying it anyway. You will get results so favorable compared to what you'd been used to that you're going to be going, oh, my God, I want more of this. Yeah. 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 And for me, I was raised Catholic and I had started to have awakenings of my own. And sure. then when you start to get to that point, it's like in, in there were certain beliefs in there. There's like a limitations to what each one of us can can really practically apply. And I'm like, oh, but this is happening. Like, I'm bad. This is happening now. You know, I need like the I need practical knowledge of how to live this. So and then I that like led me to uh Black Elk Speaks, like this, in you know, uh, this Native American book. And because I'm looking for practical ways, like people who are living by this, because I was like kind of screwed in a way because I was like, no, I, I'm having this thing happening and yeah. I don't, no one's giving me the, the, or I'm not finding. So it took me a long time till I met Daryl that he led me to, to, because I was li- doing my best with the tools I had to live it practically and I was getting, mind-blowing results but i wasn't getting the kind of results that i found in unity which was you can still be a fully functioning like not normal person i don't mean that but like there doesn't need to be a costume you don't have to like you can live the life and apply this practically and it's not so much what jesus was saying about himself it's what jesus was saying about all of us yes and it is powerful and yeah. mind blowing, and um, so it sounds like all of us can appreciate that. Yes. You know, like it's mind blowing, and yet it's simple and it's practical and it's available to all of us. Yeah, and you meet people like in businessmen, and like this is what was blowing my mind. Cause, right, because I also thought that only priests and ministers have access to that, and I have to somehow like get a vicarious. That's kind of the old paradigm. That's yeah, it's weird. Like, I, I could never understand. They have to decipher it for me. Right. But the great news is once your mind snaps out of that old idea, old perspective, you start meeting, like, regular right. folks who are living by these principles and they're having a wonderful time. Like, police officers I was meeting, other guys and um, girls in the military, Businessmen, right? Like realtors, regular people who were just homemakers, like that was there. And and I was like, oh my god, this is him. I because it wasn't so much the 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 how big their success was on a material plane. What attracted me was they, no matter what was coming down the pike, they had this almost childlike trust in God. And then they were getting results. Like they were always like, Ooh, I wonder how this is going to work out. And I'm going, I want to learn how to live like that. Mm. You mean you're not freaking out? Like Mm. I wouldn't say that, but I was like, yeah, Oh, didn't get that job. I wonder what God's got in store for me. Something even better than I could imagine. And I'm going, wait, how are you thinking like this? I want to know how to do that. Right. Right. Yep. That's it. I mean, we're innately spiritual. I mean, everybody is an expression of God or however you want to put it. Religion is simply a way of understanding it. And there's a an image which I f- find helpful, which I cert- I didn't make it up. It's it, I mean, a lot of people know about this, but the idea of it's that it's life is like religion is like a wheel or or 
life is like a wheel. And so if you think of the um, the core of that wheel or like a wagon wheel, the core of it, the hub of it is the spirit. And, and everybody is innately spiritual. And so, and then the spokes of the wheel go out. And if you look at the edges or the spokes, each one might be a different religion. Um, just trying to find a way to express or understand or think about, you know, spirit, whatever you want to call it. And the problem that we get into as human beings is that when we live out on the rim and think it's all about the rules and the regulations and whatever, then that's when we kill each other. And but the mystics in all religions, people that are in, and you don't have to be some woo-woo person. I mean, we're talking about it now, but people, if would you have your own direct experience of spirit, which is normal? Yes. Because we're all spiritual. That's when who cares? I mean, people can express their religion however they want to, but the but people at the core, when we're at the core, we get along with everybody. Yes. Because, because that's who we are. Yes. Yeah, that's what I love about unity also, that it, it gave me, well, I mean, I, I explore a lot of different things. I got a master's in spiritual psychology, which gave me a lot of tools. But then mm -hmm. it all led me back to these, I mean, even that, though that program really leads back to these new thought teachers, really, and unity. Right. Um, the What it did for me is I no longer have to argue to try to change anyone or anything else. It's like, yeah, I read these teachings and it show there's people like myself and they'll talk about maybe you're, you think you need to fight against, but go within and release the, you know, release the judgment. Don't worry about, treat the concern inside myself, not, not try to change the outer condition. I mean, this has saved my life really. Cause as I've worked in public education for a long time. And one of the things that changed is I stopped thinking, Oh, I got to change. I mean, this never spoke to me anyway, but the thought that I would have to change the public school system. Instead, I used these tools, and God put me into the schools doing things that uh, I would have wanted to make the system change to allow me to do, but I was just do I've just been doing it anyway. I didn't have to change. I just right. used these principles, and I'm doing it, and I've been doing it for a really, really long time. And uh, same thing with my family, with the Catholic Church. I made peace, you know, like... Sure. Because it's, I'm just so happy that it's about me and my connection with God, and I can see how it comes through everywhere else. But at the end of the day, it's about me sitting with God, doing a morning routine and doing after, you know, all of these practices that, like you said, allow me to have this personal experience and realize that that's not abnormal. That's just healthy. That's, and it's very, it's very, very accessible to all of us. Right. Absolutely. And I think that, um, uh, I that the world is going through a, obviously a gigantic transformation right now and one way that I like to look at it that helps me is to think that what's what's shaken up is the outside of that wheel the 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 rim that um the sense of that we're divided from each other for whatever reasons right or from ourselves and um learning that more and more how do we live from that that hub of the wheel how do we live from that hub of spirit and that that's that's natural that's how we really are yeah. you know and letting go of that sense of division and the sense of because that's what makes us afraid it's when we're living out there on the on the edge of the rim there you have to have the rim for the wheel yeah. to work but it has to understand that it's looking to the center to hold it together 
and that we literally are all in this together. People aren't our enemies. Right. Um, they may think they are, but that's their problem. Yeah. Yeah, because they get out on the rim, it looks like there's only so much, and you look different than me, and what does that mean? It must mean that you're scary. I mean, it's crazy, <laughs> but this is the best analogy or metaphor mm-hmm. for yeah. for wrapping your head around. I love it. This the way you're describing it. Yeah, me too. Super inspiring. Yeah, yeah. we're all gonna shed the this costume at some point, and we're gonna remember. I mean, we're gonna know with clarity what's really going on, and we're gonna laugh with all the other spirits like <laughs> that have left, and it's just gonna be love, you know. And I know, I know mm-hmm. that for sure. And when you say that, it makes sense that like. Whether it's global, economics, politics, education, whatever's going on, there's such uh, well, I think once the unity, and I don't mean the, the brand unity, but I mean why they called it unity, this state of oneness, the divine presence. Once it is a, a let out of the box, which it's becoming more and more let out of the box, it will re, it, ha, it has to reorganize everything after its own image. And in that, I think that is exactly what's going on. And every group has their limiting beliefs that are coming to the surface as a result. Sure. And uh, no one owns it. It includes all of us. And that's why it's exciting. I mean, throughout history, we were talking about the flat earth. People have been 100% sure they were right and been 100% wrong throughout history when change occurs, you know? And like, so being able to just trust in principles, like these principles of God, it's very, very helpful. That's why I know it used to kind of scare me a little bit when I would read God as principle. And I don't even know that that really encompasses it because it's not, it's like there are principles that allow me to know God. But God is not a word called principle, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> so much more. Well, how I look at that, you know, Emily Katie in Lessons in Truth, <coughs> I want to talk about how God is both first, both loving, both principle and personal loving comforter. Mm-hmm. And to me, what prince, what's reassuring, and she says she kind of makes a little railing there against against people that would say, well, God's only cold principle, and what. Uh, that what I love about what she's saying and what's reassuring about principle, it means that I can rely on it. Yes. Yes. I can rely on uh, yes. the principle is always going to be the same. And, and I experience God personally because I'm a person. God is love. God's not just a mathematical principle. Right. The reassurance is that I can count on God and that I can feel God's affection, if you will. I can feel that comforting presence. Wow. Yeah. That's mind blowing. That actually, I was, I've been thinking, I'm so glad you're saying this because, you know, it's it's one of these things that I've been revisiting, you know, because for a while it was like principle meant I was so happy with principle, like, you know, like that security. And now I've been just kind of looking at the other side of it. um, And when you're saying that, it just reminds me that, like, I can't know God unless I know me. Like, as I know these principles, then I begin to know who I really am. And when I start really knowing who I am and acting lovingly, then it becomes quite obvious that God is that also, right? It's not, it's just, a, uh, 
I, I'm not even sure that I can fully put words to that, but it's as I know myself as a loving being, I know God as a loving being. As I know God as a loving presence, I know myself as a loving presence. And those two things, they have to go together, right? Like we have to, our life has got to be our laboratory in order to mm -hmm. fully experience and know these things to be true. That's true. Spirituality is relational. When you're hanging out on the edge of the wheel there, you think it's all about rules and doing it right and wearing the right costume or doing the ritual the right way or whatever. But, and that, you know, yeah, you can do all of that, but that's not, that's just a fun expression that if you, if you want to do it, but, but the, the real spirituality is, is what you're talking about there. Um, and it's, it's relational. And, we're relational beings, and that which creates us relates to us. The both and situation. Mm. It's funny because not too long ago, I was thinking to myself during my morning routine, I thought, you know how good it feels when someone appreciates me? I mean, this was to myself, but I mean, we could all, you know, when someone just says, oh, man, Anna, that was amazing. You're so good at that. Thanks for doing that. Mm -hmm. And you feel that good, like, wow. And I thought, wait a minute, that's how God feels when I'm appreciative and grateful. Mm -hmm. Like the same way, it was like a mind blower. Then there was another mind blower where I was by a theater in town. I'm walking and, you know, I after you learn this stuff, you become a lot more open and friendly to everyone, to strangers. You smile a lot more to people you don't know. Or you're just thinking those thoughts in your mind, blessing people, and they'll spontaneously smile or wave back at you without you even saying anything. But there was one day where it dawned on me, a guy, because anytime someone, even though I'm applying this, you know, is blessing these people, even on my walks up the hill every morning, uh, when people go, hey, man, and it's like, I don't know them and they're a stranger, I get such a high, like my whole ener my energy Right. elevates and it's like i love my life and i was like why does that feel so good and i thought about it and i go it's because it was a choice it was a choice just like faith is a conscious choice i was like it's because that guy or girl chose to send love toward me mm -hmm. and that means they were actually choosing to get, like you're saying, to be in the center and express God to me. They don't even know me, but it was this unconditional expression of God from the center. We're not on the rim. We're not checking out each other's physiques. We're not thinking about, oh, he's <laughs> yeah. working harder than me. He's got nicer sneakers. No, it's like, <laughs> rip, boom, in the center, high as a kite. Releasing all this good feeling energy within me yeah. and within the giver. And I was right. like, it's because it's a conscious choice yeah. to express God. That's what makes it so wonderful. And to, mm -hmm. to, to, to not only for the expressor, but for the receiver. Mm -hmm. Good point. I like that. That's yeah. beautiful. Yeah, for sure. Lovely. So um, would you mind reading the Joyce Kramer reading we sent your way there? Ms. Sure. Jones? This is by Joyce Kramer, who was a wonderful unity minister. I got to meet her a few times. 
a good metaphysician, and she wrote this in Mental Trends. I let go of destructive mental tendencies and set my mind on the beautiful, true, and good. How would you describe the general direction of your thinking? Is the trend of your mind depressed, sad, and pessimistic? Is it tense, fearful, and worry-filled? If so, you can expect your life to follow that type of downward pattern. Let's look at a more helpful way to think. The productive state of mind is hopeful, optimistic, and expectant. It is filled with positive thoughts and feelings, constructive images, and cheerfulness. Realize that your life will follow the trend of your thought. Through giving your mind direction, providing a path for it to run on, you assure yourself that life will follow that direction. Thus, you can see how important it is for your mind to follow a constructive path. Keep your mind looking onward and upward. See that it faces the good, the greater, and the optimistic. The better the trend of your mind, the better your life. And then she quotes from Romans 12, too, which is a letter from the Apostle Paul to the church in Rome. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Wow. That was pure medicine. Mm -hmm. That was pure medicine. Well, Ed? Well, Anna? Yes. Have anything else we want to say before we wrap up for today? We'd love to have you on again in the future, by the way, if you'd be willing to return. Absolutely. Yeah, I do want to share something. This is something that, I don't know, I found a few years ago, and I absolutely love it. I think I was researching for a Sunday talk and looking up the I am to see, you know, just refreshing and seeing what what was said. So this is the deal. There's a, in the Bible, in the book, in the Hebrew Bible, um, a.k.a. in the Christian tradition as the Old Testament, in 2 Kings uh, chapter 6, there's a story about Elisha, who was a prophet, and his servant. And um, the short version is that basically Elisha uh, was being uh, hunted down by the, the king and the queen. They were mad at him about some stuff. And so he was uh, in trouble. So the armies were after him. So he and his um, servant went and hid out in a city for a while. And um, he, in the morning, Elisha sent the servant out to see what was going on. So the servant um, says, comes back, and I am paraphrasing, and he says, basically, Elisha, we are in very deep doo-doo because <laughs> the king's army is out there. They're surrounded the city. We are in big trouble. And Elisha, uh, being so consciously connected to God, said this. And this is in 2 Kings 6, verse 6, 16 and 17. He replied, Do not be afraid, for there are more with us than there are with them. Then Elisha prayed, and this relates to what y'all were saying at the very beginning about what we, what we see and what we relate to. Then Elisha prayed to God and he said, Oh Lord, please open his eyes 
that he may see. And so the Lord opened the eyes of the servant and he saw the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Mm. That's the truth. Um, when we're looking and connecting from the spiritual realm, we see how protected we are. If we only see, back to the wheel thing, the rim of the wheel, if we only see the materiality, we are constantly in deep doo-doo <laughs> because yes. things are always changing and falling apart. At the material level, that's part. That's how it works. And when we ground ourselves in spirit, um, we see the truth. We see the presence of God, and we see who we are. And I want to share with you too what Charles Fillmore in the or the Fillmore and other a lot of other people helped compile the Metaphysical Bible Dictionary. And he's talking about the I am. That's where this passage is quoted in there. Mm -hmm. So here's what is said in the Metaphysical Bible Dictionary. If you look up I am. And it re relates to this passage. It says, the I am always assures us that the preponderance of power is with the spiritual. Look at, listen to this part. I love it. Fear throws dust in our eyes. Oh. And the mighty spiritual forces that are always with us. Blessed are those who deny ignorance and fear and affirm the presence and power of the I am. They behold the mountain of exaltation full of horses, which are the powerful spiritual forces, and the chariots of fire, the life energies, that are round about Elisha, the spiritual I am. So that's that's where the power is. Yeah. Well, you know what's funny? What's the reading, by the way? It's from the Bible. It's the, the Bible passage is in 2 Kings. And you can look in chapter six. You can look around there, and you'll you'll find more of the whole story about Elisha there. Right. And then the passage from the Metaphysical Bible Dictionary is: if you look up the "I am," you'll find it there. Great. Mm -hmm. Wow, what a great image! Well, yeah, here's here's something. This was what actually inspired this topic today. Uh -huh. uh, Reverend Michael Schoonover sends us. I mean, so much old timey. I mean, I have. I, could, I get Michael's thing. I know Michael. I love him. So yeah. I could. I pretty much wallpapered. I could wallpaper the Pentagon. I have so many. Of these. My car is basically wallpapered at this point. But I got to thank him again because this was. I turned the page last week when we knew you were going to be on the show. And this, it says at the top of this page, it's a page from Richer Living, which was a um, science of mind, daily word type uh, thing from 1974 booklet. And the title was Feel Fear Free. Feel Fear Free. But listen to this great, I love this Bible quote. And this is highlighted. I highlighted it also. It's such a beautiful idea. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. And that's from Psalm 91, 91. verse 11. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that a wonderful? Imagine. Just grab a hold of that truth that you have angels, a whole bunch of angels watching out for you, ready to go to work for you. Yes. Agreed. Who love you and protect you. I mean... If I walked around with that idea in my head, 
more often than not, I wouldn't have a problem in the world. I wouldn't have any anxiety. It's just choosing to, when you're on the rim, it's so easy to end up, you know, it's funny, you know, the rim of the wheel. It's almost like, oh, I'm on the rim of the wheel, the wheel again. And you're like in one of those cartoons. Yeah. Have you ever watched the Jetsons in the opening yeah. scene? He ends up on the on the tread, treadmill. treadmill, but the that's dog gets a hold of it. Yeah. Well, that's what it's like being on the rim, folks. We're like yeah. George Jetson going, whoa, whoa. And he's going around. What, yes, what's his wife's name? Right. He's calling, he's shouting, Jane, Jane help. Whoa, poof. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so let's get off the rim, folks. Remember, you have a whole fleet of angels who love you so much. They came with you while you were here. They're here to support you and love you. God loves you. Daryl and Ed loves you. I'm sure Anna Schaus loves you. Yeah. This, this morning, I was actually saying to the angels, because every I've been doing the May McCarthy writing a letter to my uh, to God, my business partner. She calls it the chief spiritual officer. I just call it God, my business partner. Uh, I And then been doing the Kathy Norman drawing, drawings to really get myself into feeling what's going on. And right before the show, I drew, it's, uh, I don't even think you can see it from there, but I'll show it to Daryl. It's a little, all of our faces. I, I, I just draw like circles for our faces, but I have Anna, Indy, Daryl, and myself. But in there, I, I've developed these little angels. I draw every, even if I don't do any other drawings. If I, when I write my letters, I draw angels all over through throughout. And I was just asking the angels to help me see you today, because it's, it is such a wonderful thought. And you know, we know feeling and thought creates the demonstration. So I'm, you know, really wanting to tap in more and more to feeling more and more often. Well, the other day, by the way. I was at school and this kid wouldn't come into school and his, and I was having a day. I didn't really want to be at school. And his mom texted me and I was, she was like, you know, see, he's out in the car and I think they get into it. So they don't always, uh, they, you know, like they're all worked up together about him coming. She winds him up before she sends yeah, him in. <laughs> but it was like one of these opportunities for me to turn off the worry of my own, you know, change the channel. I went outside. I talked to him a little bit. I've been. I was. I used some tools that I had seen, learned, or been reminded of. Instead of, can you please come? Instead of say, you know, would you please come in here? I think it would be a better idea. You know, like if we are inside, or we can hang out in my my room and unwind. And but I really wasn't feeling it. So I, I said, you know, I said his name. I'm going to go inside. I'm going to get the magnet set up you like in my room in case you want to come in. But really, I just needed to go in and reset. So then I sat in the office for a minute and prayed mm -hmm. and affirmed, turned over all of what I was feeling and acknowledged that I didn't really want to be there, but I turned, was turning that over to God and I was calling in the angels. And then right then, someone I hadn't seen in 10 plus years from the spiritual psychology master's program walked in the door because they were having a, a, a parent tour day and she now has a five-year-old daughter that is considering going to the school. So right when I was praying, she came in, and why it was so helpful, because then I was able to ask her, can you please send love to this kid? Yeah. And my mind opened. I went out there, and, you know, short story long, within minutes, he, for some, all of a sudden, he was willing to come inside, and he got his day going, and then, like I said, he participated in that assembly. Like, everything, when I turned, brought God back into the picture and, and felt those angels and kind of just had a, 
it really does. It's a total different sense of well-being that takes over us when when the, it's the light bulb going on inside. It feels amazing when that power starts to flow. So, um, yeah, what an amazing time we've had with you, Anna. Thank you for all yeah. this inspiration. I love Thanks. it. It's great to spend time with you. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Well, yeah. wait, we got to tell yeah, a story. We, yeah, we're not going to say goodbye. We have two. We have a couple more minutes, but we have a story. Mm -hmm. And I also want to say one last thing that you said that was helpful, which is letting it be an, an adventure, the spirit, like not having to know. I've been saying this forever. Like I am feeling compelled and I'm getting glimpses and images of where I'm going next in my life, but I don't always know, but I don't have to know. Getting those little glimpses lets me know it's happening on the edge of spirit, you know, on the in the realm of spirit, which is actually far more real than anything else. But I love that. Like it has to be, I, I like the fact that it becomes a mystery, a wonderful yes. mystery, to let myself off the hook that I don't have to know, that not in that way. It's a deeper right. knowing. It's a feeling. It's a, I don't know, it's a mad, it is quite magical um, and it is quite wonderful. So thank you for that reminder. Well, I also like the part where you decided to act on that strong intuition to move because you even said it, you know, not knowing what it means at first. Yes. But the key is acting on it regardless. And it releases so much energy and power, like we were saying, because it's a direct spirit communication. Yeah. And I've never regretted when I follow that hunch yep, that same. seems absurd or mm -hmm. scary. And it always leads to something... Like I'm going for what I think is the reason. Like it was delightful enough to get me moving in that direction, but it turns out to be so much more. Yeah, yeah. always Absolutely. so much more. Like that's the great mystery of it all. Yeah, and remembering that fear is an emotion and love is a power, like you said mm -hmm. in that talk that I listened to. That's really really helpful because fear can feel so compelling when it's active. Well, and also <laughs> remembering that. Fear throws dust in our eyes. Yes. It's not even real. It just throws dust in our eyes, yes. and we can't see what's real anymore. And we, yeah. that When we get caught in living in the emotion, we're on the rim. But That's inside right. there is the power. It's like the margarita, right. man. You don't want to just sit there licking the edge and having the salt, man. You got to go into that. That's why I use the straw. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And that prayer, God, open my eyes. Open yes. my eyes. God, open Show my eyes. Show me what's true. Open yeah. my eyes. Show me what's Now, true. is this a true story when she was in Austin? We found something. Oh, yes. TMZ, Austin, about Anna Schaus. Don't get too oh, nervous. No. <laughs> Don't get too nervous. We find these about everybody. Yeah, a while back, Anna Schaus owned a large farm, apparently. She had a pond in the back. It was properly shaped for swimming, so Anna fixed it up nice. Picnic tables, horseshoe courts, and some apple and peach trees. One evening, Anna decided to go down to the pond since she hadn't been there for a while, and, and look it over. She grabbed a five-gallon bucket to bring back some fruit. As she neared the, pool, uh, the pond, she heard voices shouting and laughing with glee. As she came closer, she saw it was a bunch of teenagers having fun in her Those pond. Those rowdy teenagers! What were they doing in her pond? Well, they were swimming and having a great time. She made the teenagers aware of her presence, and they all went over to the deep end. One of the teenagers shouted, no matter what you say, we're not leaving, lady. Anna frowned. 
I didn't come down here to kick you guys out of my pool. The teenagers were surprised. Then holding the bucket up, Anna said, I'm just here to feed the alligator. Audrey. She's quick on her feet, <laughs> yes. Anna. She is quick on her feet. Well, thank you, Anna. And thank you, Jillian, thank you. for the card earlier and the song suggestion. I mean, if there's one thing we've learned today is that only joy can make this world seem right. Only joy can make the darkness bright. Only joy and joy alone can thrill me like you do. Ooh, wow, wow. My heart with love for only you. Visit DarylNed.com to find easy links to everything we do. And thank you for being a part of Funniest Thing with Daryl Ned. For you're my destiny. When you hold my hand, I understand the magic joy can do. You're my dream come true, my one and only. <laughs> Anna Schaus, we love you. We love you. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Thank you for listening to The Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed. Listen in as these unlikely saints share more real-life stories of how surrendering to divine order always leads to better-than-expected outcomes. This program has been made possible by God through automated monthly transfers from Daryl and Ed's credit cards. Five hundred dollars. Really? See, two hundred dollars for you. One hundred dollars for you. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> oh, when you record your podcast at Chobo Studios, you're helping people in need. Here at Chobo, we take a bold stance on helping the community by giving away ten percent of all revenue, not just profit, to kind, hardworking people in the streets of Los Angeles. And thanks to all these wonderful podcasters, we've been able to give $1,400 this year alone through our kindness initiative, Chobo Kindness. Brought to you by Chobo Studios, LA's premier podcasting powerhouse. Follow for more.